Hello world and welcome to the Philanese Nash Experience Podcast, a new audio series of lighthearted and sometimes third eye-opening conversations on a variety of topics from, from an African-American perspective. And I am your host, Philanese Nash. Um, on this episode, we're going to talk about setting goals, um, specifically what goals you need to look at when you're maybe thinking about starting a business and how those impact you and your family and those who are supporting you as you jump into that journey. So my guest today is Dr. Turner Nash, Jr., uh, entrepreneur, philanthropist, criminal justice reform advocate, TED Talk speaker, but I think the most important title is my husband, my life partner. So how are you doing today? I'm doing well. So when you say philanthropist, for some reason... <laughs> Philanderer comes to Philanderer. Mind. Oh my gosh. I'm like, tropist. Oh, so you, you heard me go, I'm like, tropist. What you That's doing? Cool. So yeah, I'm doing well today, man. I'm happy to be here with you. This is one of the things that you've been trying to work on for some time. So Yay. we'll see how today goes. And, you know, I'm ultimately excited for you because I know it takes a lot to take something from ideation to an actual practice so true um, true. you know it'll it'll be a work in progress but you know i'm excited for you so let's get rolling cool so this these kind of conversations we typically have around our breakfast table and we have recorded those um but i'm like turner's like you gotta get this on video so yeah we're on camera i think you need the added dimension in order to make it interesting nobody wants to hear us talking around our kitchen table at least I don't think. I think it's a hard catch. I think, but when you have somebody that's pretty as myself, you know, and it's eye candy <laughs> to the are, camera, Andy, you right? Are, and you're so. You maybe we'll get two more people to watch. Thank you. Right. Thank you. All right. So let's jump into a hot topics. Um, mm-hmm. So, what I first want to talk about is uh, the passing of NBA legend Kobe Bryant. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um, R.I.P. It's been about two days since it all kind of was revealed to everyone that he had passed. And um, we were not together when the information came down. Where were you? Uh, I was at the gym. Um, I was on a on an elliptical, <laughs> like forty minutes into an hour, and I was scrolling through the television trying to find something. And you know, ultimately, when it came across CNN, I was like, "Oh my god, what happened?" And I, and I couldn't believe it, so I had to read it again. And then I just stopped, and I found myself in disbelief. And, you know, it just, it's really gut-wrenching, you know, that that happened to him as a person. But, you know, what hit me was that he has a family, right? So, you know, I was immediately like, man, I can't wait to get home. You know what I mean? Because no moment, no tomorrow, shit, no tonight is promised promise. to anybody. That's so true. what were you doing? I was at home cooking your dinner. I like that. Uh, And my phone was blowing up because, you know, I get the news notifications. Mm -hmm. I'm connected to all these news stations. And so when I picked it up, it said that, you know, NBA legend Kobe Bryant had died. I was in total disbelief. Um, But then, you know, I clicked on the television and the major news outlets had it on that he had died. Mm -hmm. And um, I immediately, you know, gave a shout out to the Lord to help cover his family in this time uh because i i can't even imagine what his wife is going through losing a husband and a child and then other folk on that uh other friends other friends yeah who we're learning more about over these last over this last day or so 
they were family to him, and then they had their own family. There was mother and daughter. Died. So there were like three kids that passed away. But um, it really got me thinking about you got to live life to the fullest. Indeed. Right? And you have to chase your goals and your dreams. Um, so that was one of the things I wanted to talk about today was, was setting goals, right? I think a lot of people are realizing tomorrow's never promised. So let me get cracking on some of the things that I've been waiting and hemming and hawing and doing. And our background is in business and entrepreneurship. And so, you know, what better time? I wouldn't say better time, but now that you're reflecting and people maybe are... It brings it to the forefront. It brings it to the forefront. So what what are your goals? Um, Is there anything that you've ever wanted to do, whether it's become a preacher or a teacher Mm. or... You know, someone volunteering in the community, get up and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got to have some goals. So, so how do you define a goal? What's a goal to you? Is it something like way off in the future? Is it something that you have to do by the end of the day? Like, how do you set goals? And it may be different for everybody. Yeah. And then I'll maybe talk about a little bit about how I set goals. But go ahead, okay. please. All how right. do you set a goal, and what is it to you? So it's some kind of measure of personal success. It's totally subjective, right? My realm of success is totally different than you. We'll give us some examples of your goals. Okay, so I'll give you an example for 2020. My goals for 2020 that I set out for myself um, were to begin a podcast and to also write a book, which is from the perspective of an entrepreneur spouse. And over the last 25 years, how I've been able to help you and navigate through some of the... Yes, I do. (laughs) If anybody knows us, they know once they meet you, they're going to meet me, right? So you're like, she's the one that you need to talk to. But um, it's, it's totally subjective. Um, but one of the things that I've kind of implemented is like this, once I've set a goal, um, it's like a little project, process, progress report. Mm-hmm. So I use this tool from software development called Progress to do in progress and done. And those are like three main stages of when you're going through a project, right? So you're either to do, which is I haven't done anything yet. I'm thinking, I'm brainstorming, um, I'm planning, I'm setting the goal. And then in progress is I'm taking those set plan steps towards that goal. And you can pivot, you know, maybe something you hit a roadblock and you maneuver, but you're in progress, you're working towards something. Um, and then you're done, which we call done, done, right? <laughs> done, done means you've done everything, you've achieved that goal. And it could be a micro goal of a macro goal, mm-hmm. right? Um, but you always need to, every 30 days, maybe take an inventory and to see where you are with that goal. Because sometimes you kind of, with the hustle and bustle of every day, that could get pushed to the background, right? Um, but this is a way to kind of keep you on on task. How about you? How do you set goals? What's success look like for you, Turner? <laughs> you know, I've, I've um, over the last 20 years, my definition of success has changed a number of times. I try to have main goals, which are a steady family, a safe environment for my spouse and my children, um, not traveling as much, because when you're in business, which I think is where we're going to get to at the end of this conversation, none of the opportunities come to you. You have to go get them. So you have to temper that with the amount of time that you're going to spend on the goal versus what you already have and what you want to maintain. So for me, 
um, my goal was always to not be broke, right, and not be poor. I was that already as a child. I never wanted to be that again. So I could, if, if I could get as far away from being broke as possible, that was the goal, which means it was measurable, right? Right. Because you could go online and you could look at what you have in the bank or what you don't have in the bank because, you know, I've, I've been rich and I've been bankrupt, right? Like I, I, <laughs> I've been all over that spectrum. Um, but to answer your question, a goal to me now in my, at the age of 45 is different than it was at 25. Mm-hmm. Right now, I just want peace. I don't want to hold a bunch of phone calls. I don't want to have to go anywhere. I want to do some of the stuff that I've been waiting 25 years to do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you'd ask 30-year-old Turner that, you know, I want a few million-dollar homes. I want a dozen Ferraris. I want, you know what I'm saying, money in the bank. I want a vacation in the Maldives. I want, you know what I'm saying? But as you get older and you realize that you have less time ahead of you than you have behind you, you know, those goals begin to just reprioritize themselves. Right. So now my goals are, you know, to make sure that you're successful at whatever you want to do, to make sure that our children are successful at whatever they want to do, and not to bring too much stress into my into my personal space. You lost the page. You brought them back. You revived them. <laughs> I did. Clear. So, you know, goals are different for everybody. Um Business goals are different than personal goals. My business goals, I think I've met uh, fairly straight away, and now I'm working on personal goals. So that's that's how I define that. So let's rewind a little bit and talk about business goals. Yeah. Because I think you are at a point in your career where you can focus more on personal goals um, as opposed to those career goals and those entrepreneurial mm-hmm. goals, right? So... A lot of times, you know, you and I counsel people who want to take that leap and what it looks like. And a lot of times we end up talking with the couple, like a couple, the husband and the wife. And whoever the entrepreneur is, I usually end up speaking to that supporting spouse. And you're talking to the one who's taking the leap. But let's step back and talk about, um, I want to talk about the come with Jesus, right? Mm. Um, Because everybody has an idea. What is that? Okay, so the come to Jesus is a concept that I've I kind of created based on pre pre jumping off the ledge into entrepreneurship. Really, the evaluation of are you personally the right person to get up and go, and is your family in the right position for you to make that leap? Sometimes you have to postpone it. Even though you've set the goals, even though you've, you know, gone through that checklist and and prepared, perhaps you as an individual are not at the point of being able to jump. Like we talked about emotional intelligence, personality type, financial situation, Um, you know, is your family ready to take on the supportive role and the stress? Because it is stressful. Um... But these are things that you have to talk about. It's like a like a family SWOT analysis, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's one of the concepts I, I was talking about where you have to look at your the strengths of your relationship. I think you're taking something from the end of the movie uh. and pushing it to the beginning of the movie. What, what do you mean? Meaning, as an entrepreneur, this is really crazy, but other entrepreneurs will get this. I'm always ready 
and I can always handle anything. Mm-hmm. And we'll deal with it as we go through. So when I say the movie, mm-hmm. you don't know that you're going to jump in 12 minutes, right? Because you yep. haven't seen the movie before. Yep. So you're taking all of this wisdom from the back of the movie and pushing it up to the front, which I think could be a great tool for couples and families yep. to be able to say, these are all of the things that we need to consider. However, if you're a true entrepreneur, you're going to think you can handle all of it and you can manage all of it. And you probably can with a little bit of work and some support and all those other things. But I get what you're saying to where, you know, I, I don't know that I want to see a trailer. You know, I mean, it's, it's like dealing with the Lord, man. Like the mission might be so big that I'll be scared to do it. Well, so, but how do you know who is a true entrepreneur? Like there are people that like yourself and other people in our circle of influence that I can tell a is a natural, another wolf. wolf. Right. And I can tell when people aren't ready. Okay, so then right. what do you tell them? You're what do you ready. tell them? <laughs> you're not okay. ready. And how do they react to that? Um, so not only do I say you're not ready, but I give them a list of things to do before they check back in with me or before I check back in with them. Okay. It's a journey, man. Like, you can't... Um, you can't just wake up one morning like, oh, shit, I'm an entrepreneur. Correct. No, you're not. You can't wake up and just go <laughs> file some paperwork with the Secretary of you State can. and then say, I'm an entrepreneur or I have a startup. There's so much more than that. True. I mean, I've been in situations where I've probably made money before I actually mm-hmm. did that. You know, what I'll say to you is I think you must give yourself a litmus test. You know, because something that people forget is it's not about the idea as much as it is the hard work that you have to put in mm-hmm. and the sacrifice. And shit, man, how many nights did you go to bed and I didn't see you because I'm up still working? And then, Maybe. you know, by the time you get up, I'm just going to bed. bed. Like, it yeah. just, nobody sees that, mm-hmm. right? Like when you're on a plane to China and it's a 24-hour flight, but you're working the whole time. And then I just get to see you by the time, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's a 12 hour differential, which means I'm working all night and then I'm sleeping all day. And then I get back and I still can't sleep. So now I'm working all night. You know, nobody sees that. All of that. All they see is, oh, he was in the business journal and he's successful. But all of that crud, like kind of like, um, what's the movie with Andy Dufresne and Morgan Freeman? Nobody sees you crawling through 200 yards of shit pipe to get to where you wanted to be. Okay, question. So, you just talked about our time differentials as you were going through that. Okay, so from my perspective and how I'm pushing that into the beginning, that, the family piece, the spousal piece, right? The entrepreneur is one half. I don't know what that looks like. I You're want, the other half. I am the other right. half. So the entrepreneur piece about, I know I'm ready. I can get down. I, I have that hustle. That's all well and good. Yeah. But you cannot take your spouse and your family through all of that unless you are all on the same page, mm-hmm. right? And I think that was one thing that we yeah. talked about early on. Like, I think I was in law school when you were, you were, you were hustling long. I've never that. not been an entrepreneur. You have never not. You've always had an entrepreneur's yeah. space ever since we've met you. So, or ever since we met you, like me and the kids, we met you back then. <laughs> <laughs> but ever since I met you, you've always had that 
So I grown, I grew into that. I grew up with an entrepreneur. I did not grow up with someone who had a nine to five and then took that leap. Mm-hmm. So the the other half of what you're saying is that person may be ready. That person may check all the boxes to go ahead and take that leap. But if you have a family or if you have someone who's supporting you, that person has to be on the same page as you. I think there's a difference though, man. Like if I go back over our 25 years together, mm-hmm. You didn't always know what I was doing, but you trusted me. But I, because I, I was doing my own thing. But understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you weren't like, oh my gosh, show me the P&L or the balance sheet. No. Let me see your business plan. Let, no. It was just like, I'm going to go do this. And you were like, oh shit, he's probably going to do it. Right? Like, right. so there has to be some trust and some belief. And um, there also has to be support. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I tell this story, man, before we were ever even involved together, like Phil and Nisa graduated college prior to me and... Because I'm an older woman. <laughs> and, and we had gotten, uh, she had gotten her first job or whatever, and I'd come out of college, and you have to remember, we're from Ohio, so it's a really racist town. Um, and I graduated from college, and I was trying to go and get a job with State Farm, and the guy had come to the school, and he, he knew I, had gra- I was graduated, and he's like, yeah, we need to see your diploma. And I'm like, well, you just saw me at graduation. Like, he's like, I don't know, I still need to see it. So I'd go to the bursar, and they were like, you owe us $700. And I was like, man, I don't have $700. Phil and was like, man, I just switched jobs. I got a $700 check coming from some vacation time. I'll just give it to you. And I was like, I don't need it. Like, we're just friends. And then I was like, man, this chick really believes in me, you know? And that was, that was, that was, a, that was a nugget that I never forgot, right? So end up getting this job, and I pay her back. But it's hard for you to find people that believe in you enough. And I'm telling you this, man. You may only find five people throughout your entire lifetime that believe enough to invest in you. Um, So what I'm saying is I took that to mean that you believed in me. So you never never asked me. I remember one day we had gotten this deal with Walmart. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. I, I never looked at bank statements or whatever. I was just working because that's what entrepreneurs do. I'm not necessarily working for money. I'm working for goal attainment. And I looked up the bank account. There's like $18,000 in the bank. And I'm like, whoa, we've never had this much. Now, mind you, we're living on credit cards for years yeah. trying to grow businesses. And I, I run in the bedroom. She's asleep. I turn the lights on. The dog is barking. Like, what the hell's going on? And I'm like, we have $18,000 in the bank. And she's like, what? I said, we have $18,000 in the bank. And she's like, uh, okay, turn the light out so I can go back to bed. You know, it, it was never about money with either one of us, although that is the, that, that is the, the baseline of running a business and having it be successful mm-hmm. is revenue and cash flow. But at the end of the day, man, like, now I'm going to say at the beginning of the day, I trusted you, you trusted me, right. and we believed in one another enough to make it work. So... Again, bringing the end of the movie to the beginning, I think, could be scary for some people to know that there is that much out there that you don't know about, number one, your relationship with your spouse and what their limitations are, but number two, how far you're going to be stretched. True. I'm about to say, to hell with this background. I have to have my background. (laughs) I have to have my background. You know, I... Okay, so but this planning. is the stuff that this happens. Is the, okay, so this is I planned on this. Like I was like, I'm gonna have this thing up behind, and then I changed it. So you might see me like massage my computer okay. from time to time. But so let me let me bring two topics up that you talked about. 
So the money part mm -hmm. and the trust part, right? So those are two topics that we've come across in our conversations with couples who are the trust and the, and it's not the trust about philandering. Mm -hmm. It's the trust that this is going to work. Or, Talk about that from your perspective. How did you get through that? What were you thinking? Okay. So, I think that's the part that will help people. Okay. So the trust that this is going to work. I saw you working day and night. This was not something that you slept on or, you know, you were always in progress. Mm -hmm. I always saw you in progress, right? And you would always keep me in the loop as to what was going on. Like you said, you flipped on the lights. But we had more um, involved conversations than that. Like you would say, look, mm -hmm. I have this opportunity. I need to use this amount of money to do this. We'll be guaranteed to be paid back in this amount of time, blah, blah, blah. Like, I was never, ever in the dark. I always knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't, like I said, trust in that you were out there doing all kind of stuff. I always saw results. And this mm -hmm. wasn't the big money so and bank results. I had a good credit report. Yeah. Yeah, you did. I had, I had your credit report. You did. And the other thing about the money piece. So one thing I commonly hear is, if my significant other is leaving this good job, which I do not recommend that you leave the good job until your hustle is bringing in what your, your job is bringing in, and then you don't have to worry about that. But in our situation, because I had gone to school, graduated, and I had a decent paying job, I was able to float. We've always kept our bills extremely low. Very low. So extremely one of us... Low. Because we could always it. live on yep. one income. Yep. And we actually had a, a conversation when we were in our beginning days coming out of college where we made a deal that whoever was making the most money, the other person, person would, would follow. Yep, that's true. Whoever was making the most money, the other person would always be working on something else. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to take into account um, personality types as well. Yep. I would say that you are generally risk averse. You like having the safety of a I job do. and a check and benefits. <laughs> I don't really care much. I, I want to be worth $100 million, and I know that I can never do that working for somebody else. And we complement one another in that, you know, and, and this has just been strange over 25 years. One of us has always been working a job, mm -hmm. and the other one was always an entrepreneur. Is this the first time this is not that has not been the case? Right. I, and for me, I've only had two jobs my whole life. The one getting out of college, and then I was working for the state for a while. Jobs, right. Jobs. Jobs. Like, but that's like a total of four years. Yeah. Like two, jo two years yep. in each job over the last 25 years. Right? Yep. So I've always been the entrepreneur, but I'm going to yep. tell you, um, this woman has been holding it down. So I'm going to say we probably, we probably didn't make our first million dollars until I was like 28, 29, and you were like 30, right? So About right before Peyton was born. Right. And I say million dollars isn't a million dollars on paper, which is different than a million dollars liquid. Correct. Right? So that's so that's another that talk, right? No, so, that but then too, you know, in trying to grow your family and grow a business and grow your spouse, like that's a complicated 
algorithm, right? Yeah. So I don't want to get off of your topic. Your well, original but, question was, let's talk about trust, and, trust money. and money. So you have to trust the person because you've gone through things with them. I didn't know that we would be perfect for one another when we got together. You no. hope that you could do that yep, that's true. with somebody, and not everybody gets that. But I'm going to tell you, I have requirements. <laughs> I have requirements for this woman before we ever got together. So it was really silly, but... You know, you had to be smart. That was my number one requirement. You had to be pretty. You had to have straight teeth. You couldn't smoke, and you couldn't have kids. <laughs> That's what I was in college. And if you had, if you met those five, you were you were, you were a potential. <laughs> <laughs> but then it got. <laughs> and the, I didn't learn this until later. I didn't learn this until much later I, that I checked all the boxes. Because as an entrepreneur, like even back then, I knew my value, right? Like I know I'm going to be a great husband. I know I'm going to be a great father. I knew at some point I could move a mountain. I just didn't know how or when or, you know, but I didn't you, know any of that. But a lot of folk don't have that insight into themselves. You know what I mean? That self-awareness. It's a blessing. So what I'm saying is. is knowing that you were what I was looking for. And at the end of the day, my point that I was going to make is I, I arrived at the point that I just needed somebody to love me. Right, and then I can handle the rest of it. So I'm glad that you had the trust. The money was not our main objective. No, it was to live a happy life, right? And then also rolling back to the the central topic of today was the goal, right? Yeah. I don't think we ever talked about an overarching goal, like your goal in your mind to escape poverty and not be broke, was something that you shared with me much much later. Um, my goal. And our relationship was to be the best wife and eventually mother possible. And we will pick it up from there during our next episode where we will continue our discussion on goal setting. Thank you for listening to the Felony Snatch Podcast.